Well, I just want to open us in prayer this morning, and then we're going to read God's word together. Jesus, we are just so grateful, Lord, for the sense of your presence that is just here in this place today. God, we just want to soak up your presence. God, we just want to have open hearts and open ears, God, to hear your word, to hear what you're saying. God, to respond in obedience to you this morning. So God, would you touch us? Lord, would you help us? God, would you speak through me this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, go ahead this morning and grab your Bible. We're going to read from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. And go ahead and stand with us as we read God's word this morning. And Hawk, one of our students, is going to read for us this morning. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him... All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on an earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Powerful. Well, I want to give you a little bit of background on the book of Colossians as we begin this morning. It was written by Paul, as we just heard, and it was written while Paul was in prison in Rome. And the church there um, that he was writing to in Colossians had been deceived by some false doctrine. And so Paul's purpose in writing this is just to tell them who Jesus Christ is, to remind them that nothing, nothing can compare to Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is completely adequate for everything we need. And he reminds the Colossians that no worldly philosophy can stand up to Christ in any way. It's totally and completely lacking, and it's powerless against sin and the rebellious desires of our sinful nature. So you guys, it's only in Jesus this morning that we find true freedom and hope. And Paul goes on to remind the Colossians and us today that Jesus should be the complete focus of our faith in life. No one and nothing compares to him. And Paul just continues in this passage, exalting Jesus and establishing for us that Jesus is the one who holds everything together and reconciles everything for us. And so because of that, today we can live in hope, Connection Point Church, when we fix our eyes on Jesus and what he's done for us. So let's break this down this morning. My first point is this. Jesus holds all things together. 
Jesus. He holds all things together. The first way that Paul describes Jesus here is that he's the image of the invisible God. Basically, Paul tells us that Jesus is the exact representation of who God our Father is. And you know, if you think about it, think about the New Testament. Think about Jesus' life and his teaching here on earth. We can totally see how he's the image of the invisible God. See, Jesus often went away to a mountaintop or he got up early in the morning to be by himself. And what was he doing? During those times, Jesus was a praying, he was abiding, he was aligning himself with the Father. He was getting filled up. He was getting the Father's heart and direction for life and ministry. And so if that's what Jesus did while he was on earth, isn't that so much more important for us today? I believe it is. And so as Jesus lived out his mission on earth, declaring the hope of the gospel, the good news, he went around healing the sick, raising the dead, bringing sight to the blind, bringing freedom to the oppressed. He gave us that clear picture of who God is. Jesus shows us God's heart, purposes, and intentions for all of creation. See, you guys, God loves us so much this morning. And just like Jesus brought that freedom, that healing, that life, that sight to the blind in the New Testament, God's heart is for each of us today to receive that same thing. And not just to receive that, but to live in that every single day. And through Jesus, that's possible. See, we don't have to walk around being focused on our problems or all the junk in this world that's going on around us. Just watch the news. You know what that is. Instead, we can live in hope, focused on the one who holds all things together. We don't have to figure out the answers ourselves. We get alone with God. He gives us direction, life healing, and purpose. So think about it like this with me. Um, this is one of my favorite stories. I'll tell you, every, um, every Monday night, uh, Kevin and I have the opportunity to get together with our youth leaders and pray. And one of the couples that is on our youth staff has a little boy. His name is James. We call him Little James. Cutest little boy ever. And um, so a few weeks back, Kevin decided to see if little James would let Kevin hold him during the prayer meeting. And so Kevin kind of, you know, puts out his arms. Little James comes forward to him. And instead of, you know, being timid, little James just jumps into Kevin's arm, wraps his arms around Kevin's neck, lays his head on Kevin's shoulder, and just gives him the biggest bear hug ever. Right, that's what we did, that collective, aw, right? <laughs> you know, and that's a super cute story, but, you know, that response from little James blessed Kevin's heart more than you can imagine. And Kevin realized just how precious little James is, right? And that's so much how the Father God sees us. We are loved. We are precious to our Father. He wants to be in charge of our lives, and he desires to hold everything together for us. 
See, he created each and every one of us to enjoy a personal relationship with him. And through Jesus, God's plan to restore each of us to God's likeness was fulfilled. So let's read on in Colossians chapter 1. Paul goes on to call Jesus the firstborn of all creation. Now, does that mean that Paul is saying that Jesus is a created being? No. What he's saying is that Jesus is eternal. He existed before creation, and through him and for him, all things were created. By his very word, he spoke everything into existence. Think about that this morning. Psalm 33, 8 and 9 says it this way. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. And just in case we had any questions about that, Paul begins to detail that out in an even greater way. Paul tells us Jesus is before all things in heaven and on earth, things that are visible things that are invisible, Paul tells us all rulers and authority that exist was set up by God. Now, when we pause to ponder that this morning, that gives us such amazing hope, doesn't it? We don't have any room to live in doubt. We don't have any room to live with fear or uncertainty on our minds. See, Jesus is the creator and author of life. He sets up all authorities and rulers, and to top it off, he holds it all together. So this morning, let's consider how can this be practical in our lives. And the Lord really spoke to me about this um, another Monday night when we were having our leader's prayer and we were praying for physical healing for one of our leaders. And um, the Lord just began to speak, you know, God's heart is to heal us and restore us. And not only is he our creator, he's the one who knit us together in our mother's womb like we sang this morning. And not only that, he knows the numbers of hairs on our head. And to top that off, he keeps it all together. God's word said he sustains us. So how can we not live in faith? How can we not live in hope when we know the God that we serve, right? And so we can, we can apply that to our lives by saying, God, help me increase my faith. Help me to trust you in a greater way. If you're my creator, my healer, my life sustainer, then I know, God, you've got me. No circumstance, no problem, no thing that happens in my life is a surprise to Jesus. It might be a surprise to you, but God has got you covered. He sustains all things. And you know, we sang this morning, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. And how can we pour out our praise? Well, simple. We think about who Jesus is this morning. We can approach Jesus with faith and confidence when we think about this. He's created us. He knows us. He holds us together. 
We don't have to wonder this morning if God will answer our prayer or listen to our requests. We already know he will. So we talked about how his heart is to restore us to himself. Jesus' mission when he came to earth was to bring good news. And that good news was the gospel. That good news included healing. It included restoration and redemption. And so how does that challenge us again? How does that challenge our faith this morning? See, we don't have to approach Jesus with fear or doubt. But we can approach him full of faith, knowing he is who he says he is. And if he is who he says he is, then we know he will do what he says he will do. And so we can cling to the promises in God's word because we know he's faithful and true. He's the one who holds everything together. Psalm 55, 22 says it like this. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Amen. So whatever situation you are facing in your life today, you can turn that over to Jesus. He's waiting for you to do that. And he is more than enough to handle anything and give you peace and hope in the midst of it. So Jesus holds everything together just like he does the church. Paul goes on to say in this scripture, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. So who is the body, the church? If you guys remember, Kevin talked about this last week, that's us, right? Not the physical building, but us. Those of us that are followers of Jesus, those of us that are his disciples, we're the church. And we live out Jesus' mission of making disciples here on earth. And so because Jesus is the head of our body, this church, that means all of our plans, all of our desires, our preferences need to be submitted to his authority and his lordship. Sometimes that's a hard one, isn't it? And think about it this way. If the church and Jesus Christ are inseparable like our head and our body, then we who are the church should take our instructions from Jesus and live in submission and obedience to him. And when we live in submission and obedience to him, guess what happens? We start to care most about the things that Jesus cares about. And we start to have the heart to see those around us healed, restored, brought to salvation, rescued. And when we have a heart for that and we begin to pray that way, guess what happens? Miracles. Because that's the heart of Jesus and we're aligning with his heart. He's the head of the body the church, the head of us. So this morning, not only does Jesus hold all things together, but Jesus restores all things. The rest of this passage says this, 
He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his his cross. And you, this is all of us, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and which I, Paul, became a minister. So Paul is saying Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And as we know, on the third day, he rose again. And so that makes Jesus the resurrection and the life. See, his resurrection broke the curse of sin and death and gave us victory this morning. And he brought us victory over addiction. He brought us victory over hurt, over brokenness. And he brought us the power to live a life free of sin and its bondage and the curse of death. See, Jesus Christ is preeminent over everything. We sang it this morning, right? I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I am a child of God. And through his resurrection, we have hope. And we can even go further in this hope. In theology, they call it the blessed hope. Because we know that this life is not all there is. When we know Jesus personally, one day we will rise to meet him in the air. Or we'll be resurrected to meet him when he returns. So you guys, we can live in hope today. This earth and this life, it is not all there is. We have the hope of living in eternity one day with Jesus. And if you don't have that hope today, I'm going to give you the opportunity to have that in a few minutes. And to commit your life to Jesus and to place his eternity, your eternity in his hands. And for those of you that that applies to this morning, I just believe that the Holy Spirit is already speaking to you. And he is preparing you to respond to what Jesus is calling you to this morning. So Jesus restores all things. Through his death on the cross, Jesus opened the door to restore a right relationship between us and God. He brought everything into alignment. Now notice in this chapter, in verse 20, it says, all things. All things in earth, that's us, and in heaven, that's God, making peace, bringing it back into alignment. And see, this is where the be- Jesus being fully God and fully man comes in. He was the only one, Jesus was the only one who lived a sinless life. And so he was the only one that could go to the cross to take our guilt, to take our shame, to take our sin and die in our place. And because he did that and resurrected, we have hope today. 
we have hope, and we can have a right relationship with God the Father. And so why is Jesus reconciling us? What's his goal? What's his heart for us today? The word tells us here that his desire is to present us holy and blameless to the Father. Basically, to make us just like Jesus, right? That's his heart for us, to make us just like Jesus. And so this reconciliation this morning, it's for you, it's for me, it's for everyone who feels far off or far away from the love of God. See, we don't earn it this morning, we don't deserve it, but Jesus Christ freely gives that to us. All we have to do today is receive it. And I was, as I was studying this passage, there's one thing that just stuck out to me, and I couldn't get it out, in, out of my mind. <clears throat> the verb here that Paul used to write in the original language, the verb for reconciling here, it's continual. And it means that Jesus is constantly in the state of reconciling. Think of that, about that for a minute. He's constantly reconciling. And you know, if you contrast that with our world... Our world is constantly in a state of decay and getting worse. But it doesn't matter the state of the world around us. We can still live in hope no matter how bad things get. Because Jesus, Jesus restores our, all things. And he's constantly working to restore all things. To bring them to, into alignment with him. Jesus is working to bring his kingdom to come and his will to be done. Well, so how can you and I help bring about his kingdom? How can you and I be a part of restoring things? Simple. We have to submit to his lordship. We have to surrender it all. Have you done that today? <clears throat> Verse 21 goes on to say this, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, just want to stop there. Paul is talking um, to the <clears throat> Colossian church there, but I believe it's also speaking to us this morning. See, once we were alienated and we were hostile towards God, right? But Paul is saying, Look what God has done. Look at the transformation that God has brought about in your life. You know, and that gives us hope because we all know somebody in our life that's hostile to God today. You know, maybe it's a family member or a coworker or our next door neighbor. Whoever that is, Paul is saying, we all used to be that way, but God's transforming power, Jesus the Restore, has transformed us and made us a new creation. So there's hope. That same transforming power is at work and will continue to work for each person in your life that you're praying for that may seem hostile to God now. 
continue to pray and hold on because the God that's the reconciler, the God that's the restorer, the God that's the resurrection and the life is at work. Jesus, the one who holds all things together and restores all things, he lives to intercede for us. Hebrews 7.25 says it this way, Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. What a powerful verse. Worship team, go ahead and um, get ready to come back this morning. Paul finishes out this passage, passage by saying, Keep it up. Keep the faith. Live in hope. Focus on Jesus, our restorer. Don't get distracted by things around us. And don't slip back into sin. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't give up. And staying firm in our faith has one end result. We get to see Jesus face to face. We can't even begin to imagine that this morning. Beholding his glory, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, what a sight to behold. That's going to be worth it all. Amen. Would you guys stand with me this morning as we prepare to close? Jesus is the one who holds all things together, and he restores all things. Whether it be in your life, in your family, in your marriage, he will restore today if you allow him to. And as the worship team begins to play, I first want to ask, are you here this morning? Do you know Jesus personally today? Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you've heard about him, but you don't know him personally. Well, the good news is today is your day. See, just like I talked about a few minutes ago, Jesus died on the cross for us. He came to give us a relationship with God the Father. He came to release us from the bondage of sin and shame and death. If you need that forgiveness and cleansing and right relationship with Jesus today, I just ask you this morning to raise your hand. Be bold. Raise your hand this morning. The Holy Spirit is drawing you to Jesus. We'll give you a few minutes. Just raise your hand this morning. step to to write your relationship with Jesus today we invite you to do that this morning now let me speak to those of you who already know Jesus today maybe this morning you are just low on hope 
Maybe you so desperately needed that reminder of who Jesus is, the one who holds all things together and what he does. He restores all things. That's what he's done for us. He is so much bigger, so much greater than any of your problems and any circumstance around you. Maybe you need to trust him with some area of your life today. And maybe the Holy Spirit is convicting you because you recognize that you've been out of alignment with the purposes and the plans of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And maybe you just need to surrender some area of your life and line up under the Lordship of King Jesus. Whatever that is this morning, I invite you to come forward to the altar as as they pray. The teenagers will be available to come and pray with you. Come this morning as the Holy Spirit is prompting you to respond.